0: Well, for today's episode of Flying Podcast, I popped down to Aero Expo at Signwell Aerodrome in Northamptonshire. Unusually for our summer, it was a beautifully sunny day, but uh, very windy. I had a wander around to see which exhibitors uh, had something interesting on offer, and got chatting to a fair few of them. I went down on the Friday, and although there were uh, quite a lot of people in attendance, most exhibitors had plenty of time to spend with uh, anyone uh, who had an interest in their products. So, let's get straight into the recordings, most of them sort of speak for themselves. Right,
1: good morning, you are?
0: I'm Conrad Beale
2: from, um,
1: from Conair Sports,
0: uh, I deal with the Rotax engine maintenance and repairs. Okay, we're here at Cywell uh, today and you are exhibiting the new Rotax injection engine?
1: Yeah, the latest generation from Rotax, fuel injected, 100 horsepower, power plant, um, with
0: long last fuel injection. Great, I've not seen one of these before, I've seen them in the press, but this is the first one I've seen in the flesh. Tell me a little bit more about it, what does it run on? Okay, the, the, it'll
1: run on MoGas or AvGas, uh, your standard automotive fuels. Um, the injected engine is predicted to return about 20% fuel consumption improvement, uh, so very good for everybody out in the field
0: um, with the rising cost of fuel these days. Yeah, I, mean, I'm, I was looking at the, um, I mean, this is in the Eurostar here at Sywell, and I think you'd probably get, what, about 11 litres an hour? Yeah, we get about 11 litres an hour out of the standard, uh, the
1: standard engine, yep. with the fuel injection engine, uh, current uh, results, we, we're getting about 8 litres an hour. 8? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so vast improvement. The benefits go up with altitude, uh, because it's automatically compensated for, yeah, So, so hopefully we're going to have some vast improvements on it.
0: And as far as like the controls in the aircraft how do they vary for an injected engine uh,
1: turnkey operation no choke no messing around you energize the ECU you press the button and it all de- oh. all deals with it yourself so I, I love you it's the engine works with electronic displays now you have to have an electronic display um, there's two units currently available one from TL Electronics and one from Michael Stock uh, and all the instruments won't run on a, a dual uh, can data bus system so very very easy to plumb in um, and duplicate
0: it as well on the instruments. So if you have an aircraft currently that runs uh, a 912 Rotax is it fairly easy to uh, retrofit one of these?
1: Yeah conversions gonna be a little bit difficult um, not impossible but it's gonna need a complete new fuel system on the aircraft, new instrumentations uh, etc so, so conversion is gonna be a little bit more complicated than new builds yeah. um, and new builders, lot, all the major aircraft manufacturers are currently installing engines. Same power output as the old engine? Same power output as the standard 912 ULS or S
0: right. unit, yeah. Okay. Uh, and Conrad, what else do you do with regard to Rotax engines?
1: Oh, you, you, you name it, we do it. Anything to do with the Rotax engine, maintenance, repairs, overhauls, training courses, the whole lot, the whole package. So if anyone's got a Rotax and what any spares, come to you. Yeah, we've got online shop um, uh, on our website. Uh, we also do an awful lot of these rebuilds, all, all the way through the range from the two, early two strokes, Rotax 185s all the way up to the turbocharged certified, certified engines. Okay, and
0: where, what's your uh, web address?
1: Okay, www.conairsports.co.uk. Um, and if anybody wants any training, yeah, we, could, we offer training courses on the Rotax engines, yeah, we tend to do only courses on the 912 series at the moment.
0: Okay. Brilliant. Thank you, okay. Conrad. No problem. After chatting to Conrad Beale, I moved straight on to uh, his dad, Nigel, on the Cosmic Aviation Stand. They were displaying the uh, ever popular Eurostar microlight and uh, the Sportstar VLA. So I'm thinking of uh, transitioning from PA 28 to uh, Eurostar at Main Air at uh, Barton. Right. And as we're down here, I thought I'd have a chat with you. You are. Uh...
3: I'm Nigel Beale with the Cosmic Aviation, we're the distributor for the aircraft. Uh, yeah, we've been selling them for um, 12 years now, I think. About yeah. 10, 11 or 12 years. Um, originally as a kit, and then in 2003 we started doing factory built ones, uh, which a lot of them are used for training. Uh, it'll probably outperform something like a Cessna 152 at half the weight probably less than half the weight um much less fuel consumption um you can fly in and out of pretty short fields you know i fly from the grass strip um uh, yeah it's it's great yeah i've talked to my
0: uh, medical examiner uh, and he also is transitioning over to flying these micro lights and he was saying
3: the one thing that comes as a shock is you know as soon as you start your takeoff roll you're off the ground. Yeah, well, this we've uh, in the last few years I've flown a lot of competitions uh, and you are required with a micro light to take off and land in a 100 meter box. Wow. Um, and we can take off and land one of these in a 100 meter box with fully loaded. This is a max wall up weight. Yeah. Uh, it needs a little bit of craftiness. You know, you, you've got to um, uh, for takeoff, you've scream down the runway and drop the flaps just before you take off mm-hmm. and then you, you're off in 100 metres which is a lot less than the you know the uh, um, specified distance in the manual obviously yeah. and the same with landing um, so but uh, if somebody's got a 300 metres grass strip it's plenty More adequate enough, for the yeah. aircraft yeah
0: tell me a little uh, bit about the construction of the aircraft
3: well it's a what they call a semi-monocoque all aluminium all metal a few fiberglass bits on the compound curves the cowling and the rear tail piece Um, but otherwise yeah it's fairly conventional metal construction but kept very very light so it's one of
0: the attractive things when you show people and say that's a micro light they'll question that won't they because it looks so conventional
3: that's right I mean what defines a microlite is the the max all up weight at 450 kilos, and the empty weight is really specified because you have to have two people and fuel and so on. Uh, so the maximum empty weight in England is 268 kilos, and these the one in front of you is actually not a microlite because it's got the heavier engine in. But yeah. um, the microlite versions normally come at, in at about 264 kilos empty. Um, and the stalling speed is the other thing that's uh, specified so if it meets all the requirements then it's a microlite, and it's got no paint on it is that a weight-saving thing that is yes it is um, none of the micro light ones are painted we have a bit of vinyl graphics on them uh, this one here is uh, that's a light aircraft version basically that's uh, uh, 575 kilos max weight so it's 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 wider cockpit more streamlined um and that's called a, a, the sports that's the sports star sw it has the same length wings as the Eurostar, star uh but it's it will take a much heavier load um and you can put paint on it of course cause, you know because it's uh,
0: is that aimed more at the sort of light aircraft market in the u.s
3: yeah well, it's yes, originally they do a factory-built one. This is the first kit-built one, in fact, which is hopefully we'll have that flying with full approval in a few weeks' time. But you can buy a factory-built one with an EASA permit to fly alternatively, but uh, the home-built is the most popular type over here. The Eurostar, back to the MicroLite, is available as a kit or as a factory-built. So, and the kit is, uh, what, the 500 hours? Yeah, roughly, less than that really, because yep. uh, it, it's a bolt-together thing, it's not, there's no welding, no, nothing difficult, it's just uh, bolt-together. You find a lot of people get trained on a factory-built one and then build their own aircraft from a kit afterwards. It's, it's really fairly straightforward, there's nothing complicated.
0: And In terms of, sort of flying the thing, it's very similar to a conventional Group A,
3: but uh, <laughs> a little more skittish and uh, light in the controls, would you say? Well, I wouldn't call it skittish. It's, it's, they're very easy to fly. Yeah. I mean, I originally learnt on a Cessna 152, and this is, yeah, You uh, manoeuvrability is much better, that landing is dead straightforward. It's, uh, what oh. should I remember? What do what your instructor <laughs> tells you. I'm not an instructor. So <laughs> yeah.
0: People I've spoken to say they have no inertia, so you have to be careful with you. No, finish.
3: they're they're okay. Something like a very lightweight weight shift or tube and fabric aircraft has very low inertia, but they're okay. You uh, approach speed is 60 miles an hour, and you know, just like a conventional aircraft, really. So, yeah, nothing to worry about. Okay,
0: I'll report back once I've uh, okay. given, given one a go. Thank you very much, Nigel.
3: Okay, thank you.
0: Okay, with Rob from Sky Demon, we've mm-hmm. met before and done a podcast.
2: Yeah, that's just right. Just popped
0: in for an update. What's happening with uh, the Sky Demon? Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: yeah, what's happening with Sky Demon? I mean, we've been working uh, recently a lot on the iPad version. Uh, it's been going really well, actually, not just in the UK, but it's really pushing the borders out across Europe. Uh, yep so at the show we're demonstrating a prototype of our uh, new plate delivery system we've uh, renegotiated the Eurocontrol to deliver AIP plates within Sky Demon and uh, we're also having a chat to AFE and uh, you know trying to get their uh, excellent flying guide into Sky Demon as well so yeah that's that's what it's all about across this year on every platform? It will be a yes uh, although obviously it won't be available for, for a few weeks yet, but yeah, straight up on any platform that Skydeam is available on, so will these plates. Yeah, happy days. So the iPad version does look very good. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, we've been, um, we've been working a lot on it, and certainly we went right back to basics and, you know, started again with the code for the new platform. I mean, the iPad itself is just gorgeous, and that little touchscreen just... It's the perfect vessel for Skyrim. It's almost as if it's designed just for you. I would say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've, you know we've been working a lot on it there are lots of little little twiddly features that you can play with it's all very touchy feely and tactile um, as you would expect from sky demon and uh, that's just enhanced by the ipad so great yeah yeah the sales are going well across the board yeah i'm 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 happy obviously i could always be happier there could always be more but uh, no certainly we've been um, seeing a a great increase across the board in um, in France and Germany, we, we went to Aero Friedrichshafen recently yeah. and uh, yeah, had a storming one there, so yeah, it's great, yeah, it's things fun. are good. Thank you very much, Rob. My pleasure.
0: Having seen the gorgeous Czech Sport aircraft, uh, the Sport Cruiser, at several airfields on my travels, uh, I wanted to find out a little bit more about what their new aircraft, the PS28 Cruiser, was all about. It's one of those aircraft that look just right, in my opinion. Um, the company... Have had a, an interesting time of late. Um, what with their failed Piper tie-up and the split with their UK dealer. Okay, I'm with Oscar and Wojciech from uh, Czech Sport Aircraft, and today you're showing off your new aircraft. Is this the PS28? Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh,
4: we'll little introduce the aircraft at first. So, uh, PS28 Cruiser is a light sport aircraft built in Czech Sport Aircraft Company in Czech Republic. It's designed and built there, it's completely ours. Yeah. Uh, the aircraft obtained an European uh, light sport aircraft uh, type certificate last week, uh, last month, sorry. Uh, so this aircraft is the first, very first, and uh, right now the only certified according to this new re- uh, EASA LSA regulation.
0: Okay, what's the weight limit for
2: LSA? Uh,
4: it's 600 kilograms, Is the maximum takeoff weight. As you can see, the aircraft is a full metal aircraft. Yeah. Uh, Two seater, low wing. Uh, people are sitting beside, not, not a tandem. Yep. side by side. Side by side. It's uh, the aircraft was designed, and it's uh, mainly, let's say, uh, its purpose is for basic and continuous flight training. It's uh-huh. ideal. Its flight characteristics are ideal for flight schools. Now, with the certification, you can use it for. Uh, whole PPL training, so we hope it will go to flight schools instead of old Cessnas and Pipers. Okay, Be- fairly robust. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's robust aircraft and uh, also the operational cost, if you compare it with Cessna 152, uh, is about one, 1 to 2, and uh, to 172 Cessna is about 1 to 3. Like yeah. a third the cost? Yeah, third. The the costs are uh, including fuel, maintenance checks for uh, total flight hours per year three hundred. It's about uh, fifty euro per flight hour. Wow, very good. And what engine does this have? Uh, It's one hundred horsepower Rotax nine one two. I presume you're putting the injection engine in there. Uh, It definitely it will be an option, but. uh, Right now the aircraft, as I told you, is certified, so it's not so easy just to change replace. the engine, replace the engine. It will take some time uh, to design the change and then to, prove, modification, it, to prove it in flight testing. Okay.
0: Now this aircraft, is, is this the same body as your previous? Was that the, the sport cruiser? Uh,
4: it's almost almost the same, but uh, there is about 60 design changes like wind tips, ailerons, pads and... and uh, elevator is different also so are you still selling that one uh, we are selling only the newest type of the aircraft okay
0: could you tell me a little bit about your relationship with Piper at all and uh,
4: we are not cooperating with them <laughs> anymore so we he finishes this uh, yeah. corporation I think was uh, last January Last January and a year are uh, now we are creating our own uh, like uh, distribution network, and I think that's okay. Do you a have a distributor in the UK? Uh, so far, we are just looking for new one. So we just uh, terminated this uh, cooperation with the last one, and now we are looking for new uh, distributor. It's a lovely looking aircraft. How are the sales going? Yeah, the sales are going quite well. We are selling about ten to twelve aircraft per month. Wow in a tough market. US market, uh, European market, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. And now we are opening like new distribution network and we are just like the new distributors are coming with the sign last, I think, yeah. months or two mm-hmm. months ago. Yeah. The Africa, we signed uh, Poland, uh, Poland Norway, Norway, Belgium Switzerland, Norway, Slovenia. Slovenia. Some inquiries from Asia, Vietnam, China. And okay. What sort of performance can we expect from this aircraft? Uh, The cruising speed is about 98 knots, with fuel consumption 17 liters per hour. 17, very good. Uh, Maximum speed in horizon is 118 knots. Uh, VNE is 138 knots, indicated of course. And uh, stall speed is uh, 31 with flaps, without flaps is uh, 37 knots. So it's, it's... quite good also for for the 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 slowing speed is low so it's, it's quite good for flight schools yes yeah sure uh, just available as a factory built option yes yes only we do not we do not offer kids
0: okay right. thank you very much guys you're welcome, welcome. you enjoying the sunny weather in england <laughs> thank you windy weather <laughs> <laughs> it's not always this windy and it's not always this sunny either yeah yeah welcome anyway next up is tim orchard managing director of Tecnam UK. Tim kindly spared a few minutes of his time to discuss a couple of the more recent developments from Tecnam. So
5: Tim, what are you exhibiting here at uh, Cyro? Today I'm exhibiting uh, some Tecnam aeroplanes. Yep. Uh, I am the UK island and would you believe Iceland as well uh, dealer for the Tecnam aer- range of certified aeroplanes. So not the kit built aeroplanes but the certified aeroplanes which are Uh, either IFR or VFR, aeroplanes certified by ARSA and uh, the UK CAA, Uh, so they can be used for flying training, uh, night flying, instrument flying, whatever, and of course we have single engine version and multi-engine version. And here today we've got the 2002 and the 2006? We do indeed, yes. So we brought one single engine model, the 2002, and a couple of the twins, um, they had quite a lot of interest. Uh, And of course, one of the great things about all of these airplanes is they fly on uh, Rotax engines. So the fuel burn is phenomenally low. And uh, the twin, for example, is 135 to 150 knots cruise. And you're burning less than 8 gallons an hour total. Is it the only twin Rotax available? It it is indeed, yeah. It's an inspired decision, isn't it, really? I mean, it's logical, you know, someone should do it. Uh, Absolutely. And Professor Pascali, who is now 85 years of age, who people may remember from uh, designing the Partonavia years ago, uh, which now goes under the the name of the Vulcan Air, Uh, he still goes into the uh, factory every morning uh, at 85, and he designs new aeroplane every year, and every alternate year they they build one of those two aeroplanes, so uh, hence the model numbers, 2002, first hit the drawing board in 2002, etc. So our baby twin here, 2006, uh, first went to the drawing board in 2006, and uh, we've just uh, about uh, a month ago, uh, sold the 100th uh, Tecnam Twin. You can actually see the Avia heritage in it, can't you? Yes, you can, yes. Uh, it's been improved a lot. Uh, the modern aerodynamics abilities of computer aided design and so on and wind tunnel testing have improved the low-speed handling and the lightness of some of the materials has uh, improved the weight. Therefore, the aeroplane can fly on one engine, 98 horsepower total on one engine, and it still climbs at 350 feet a minute um, at max weight, uh, just on 98 horsepower. Nobody seems to understand how it can do it, <laughs> but, it <laughs> but it does it. It's
0: like a bumblebee.
5: It is, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And uh, what sort of market is the twin aimed at? It seem to be, worldwide, there seem to be two niches, really. Uh, there's the twin-engine, multi-engine piston training market, getting rid of the old beach duchesses and seminoles and senecas, which are, uh, with, with due respect to them now, they're lumbering old giants, aren't they? And they're burning... Um, 14 gallons an hour aside uh, and these uh, twin Rotaxes are very very efficient in terms of fuel burn uh, as I just mentioned and uh, easy to operate, easy quick conversion Um, and so the the twin engine, multi engine piston market is great both for the private pilot and for budding commercial pilots particularly with the glass cockpit uh, version Um, and then the other niche is for the chap who has a single engine airplane maybe a Cirrus or a 18 Cessna 182 or a uh, Piper Dakota or Warrior, uh, and he wants to go across the water with the benefit of a second engine rather than a parachute. Yeah. And, uh, four seats, so it's good for a small family. Yep, yeah, four seats, uh, lots of baggage room. Uh, and in fact, when the pilots just slid forward into their flying position, the leg room in the back is so much so you can't even reach the seat back pocket of the seat ahead of you. Right? There's a huge amount of room. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a phenomenal. It's a bit like a TARDIS. Uh, it looks tiny from the outside. Get four people in, and they've got oodles of room. My chief flying instructor, John, uh, is six foot four, and he has absolutely no difficulty at all, and he doesn't have the seats right on their backstop either. Lots of headroom. And great visibility? Good visibility. The wings and engines are behind the, the cockpit windows, so uh, you're looking down and out as if the, the wing is uh, not even attached to the aeroplane. Although if you sort of crane your neck a little bit, you can see the wingtips, the parking, which is great. Yeah, And relatively quiet with road taxes? Very, very, very quiet. The engines, the propellers, I should say, turn at 2,000 RPM in the cruise. So although there's a four-place intercom, of course, and everybody likes to wear headsets nowadays, uh, you can converse in the back seats without a a headset if you want to. Uh, Very comfortable, not much sort of low-pitched drone that you get from some older engines. So it's very comfortable. And these have the the Rotex 912, are we looking at putting the the injection? 912S, yes, Um, not this year, but the factory will put the uh, IS version in, and that'll, uh, according to the figures anyway, uh, improve the fuel consumption by another 12%, which soon we'll be making Avgas, (laughs) or making MoGas, of course, and they run on MoGas, which is something I I should have said. Uh, And the other great thing about this twin is that its short field performance is phenomenal, a couple of hundred metres, and that's all you need. So... um, uh, I have on a grass strip, 500 meter grass strip, landed, stopped and then taken off again without backtracking in 500 meters. It's, uh, it's fantastic for grass. It was built for grass. The factory at Naples, uh, where, where um, the Partenavia factory and now the Technam factory um, builds these aeroplanes, uh, is only a grass runway. So all of the Tecnam aeroplanes are built to operate from grass. So the, they're built in terms of structure and safety for uh, tough handling on grass and also all the performance figures in the book are for graphs so you don't have to add all these percentages to the books to decide if it's yeah. going to get out or not so it's great i keep wondering after two and a half years of being the uk agent what the pitfall is and what the um uh sort of downside is to any of it but we can't find one everything we do it seems better um, it it's uh, great on maintenance very little maintenance for road taxes uh, it's a metal airframe so even the hangar rash bit gets uh, fixed by an ordinary mechanic as opposed to needing uh, specialised um, plastics or um, carbon fibre uh, matters to uh, to improve it. So uh, it's great all round. Brilliant, I'll have two. Steve, Steve, I can <laughs> sell you as many as you like. <laughs>
0: That's great, thank you very much. My pleasure, thank you. Right,
6: right, I'm with... Uh Paul? Paul, Paul Ford. Ford, yeah, Jester Binks Aviation Limited. Um, what does Jester Binks do, Paul? Well, We, we uh, rebuild and uh, build replica aeroplanes uh, for ourselves and for other people and maintain them. And today uh, we've got what a couple of aircraft here that you've been involved with? Yeah, we've got my Fokker triplane um, that I've scratch built. It um, took me about four years. And Matthew Boddington's BE2C, which has been in rebuild for about eight years now. What's the
0: story with your Fokker?
6: The triplane um, was a passion of mine, and I knew the only way I'd ever get to fly one was if I built one myself, so I uh, went ahead and bought the drawings from, in from America um, and built the airplane from scratch and converted onto type over, over a period of years. It took about 3,000 hours to build. Wow. What sort of engine has it got for? It's a bit of a cheat there. It's got a Lycoming 0320 with uh, dummy cylinders underneath to make it look like a rotary. Um, there are no triplanes left in existence anymore. The last one was unfortunately bombed out in World War II by um, the RAF, so that there, you know, there are no are pure replicas. There are four in the country at this time. Um, a fifth one in build that I know of. You've done a very good job with the engine. It looks the part. I think I think it looks it looks about right. It's not quite right. And um, the next one I'm going to do will look a little bit better than that.
0: Very short wingspan.
6: Yeah, about 23 and a half foot um, and three wings, of course. So it's quite draggy on the approach. Um, don't want to slow it down too much because it's difficult to get the speed back on. Yep. What's it like to fly? forgiving? Or? No, not forgiving in the least. Um, quite the opposite. Uh, near the ground, it's quite... Um, you have to land into wind, otherwise you'll ground loop. Um, and once you've set up the approach, you're fully committed and there's nothing you can do. <laughs> That's why we're based at Well because it's a grass field. We can land into wind at any time, day or night, so uh, that's a concession we have with these old aeroplanes. What's the aircraft, aircraft uh, constructed from, Paul? Um, it's as the original, it's a steel tube fuselage with uh, wooden wings and a steel tail and fabric covered. Modern fabric? Yeah, second height fabric and 4130 tube, modern tubing as well. Um, it's not a requirement, but uh, I think it's safer.
0: And what made you build one of those? Or you say it's your... Uh, I, built a, I built
6: a model one. I built a model one about 15 years ago. I loved it and wanted a real one, and it was really as simple as that. Got to have the guns on there as well. Yes, yeah, it's got it's got a pair of spandals on there that uh, that I manufactured, and yet to have the flashing system in put in, but we're going to do that eventually. And little kids come up to you and say, "Yeah, I did real mischief. They do say that, and <laughs> big kids say that as well. Strangely. <laughs> Tell me about your, uh, your friends, uh, was that a 2 be BE-2C, which was, um, this is a replica. Um, it was the mainstay of the Royal Flying Corps in, or throughout World War I. It was the only aeroplane to serve throughout. Um, this one is a 2 c copy, um, fractionally smaller wingspan than, than the real one, and it's running a Gypsy Major ten one one engine on that with a, a four-cylinder. So basically a um, Tiger Moth engine, but turned the other way up as they were in World War I. Right. So, forward visibility again is fairly poor, as is the triplane, certainly in taxi. What sort of armaments would they have on that? I used to put No, it would have, uh, towards the end, they went for a Lewis gun that was mounted um, for the observer to use, or sometimes they had an upward fire, two upward firing guns to go underneath the Zeppelins between the two top wings. Uh-huh. What a thing of beauty that is, isn't it? It's, it's, it's stunning. It's, it's a gorgeous aeroplane and it's very stable and very steady to fly. I love the, the woodwork and the way the uh, the light comes through the, the fabric on the wing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, again, it's a modern fabric. It's not Irish linen, so we worked hard. We, we had to have the um, the press tool come off at the uh, second height factory when they did that, otherwise we'd have PMA printed all over it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And your aircraft, you've, you've actually sort of aged it artificially?
6: Yeah, we have, uh, I, I, I'm not a great fan of a, the bright red triplane, I don't think it ever was bright red and, and Richthofen had five or six of those aeroplanes in various states of redness, um, uh, but one I believe was factory finished in red, the rest would have been, come out in the, uh, the camouflage that they all came out in with the stripes down it and then they'd have to paint over. Okay. Um, what's your your company involved in? Um, we're currently um, building, um, various aerop- finishing various aeroplanes, Piper Cubs, Tiger Moths um, and I'm doing a Fokker D6 for myself and a Fokker D7 um, in my spare time. Got lots of stuff on the go, we're building guns for Eindeckers, um, things like that. And you're based here at Silo? Yeah we're based, yes we're based on, the, oh, just over the other side of the field. Obviously, keep him busy. Fairly busy, yeah. Got enough to keep me going for a year or two. Okay, thanks very much for your time, Paul. You're welcome. Very welcome.
0: And lastly, I had a word with the guys that are just starting to import the beautiful Legend Cub into the UK and Europe. Uh, as the wind was getting up a little bit at this time, just uh, excuse the the wind noise on the microphone for this interview.
7: Yeah
0: yeah okay with Freddie Rogers from Beaver UK well, that's correct and you import this
7: Cub kit yeah, th- the legend Cub this is the first one into Europe we've been given Great Britain and visible. all the EU countries throughout Europe yeah. to supply them I mean obviously now Francis Donaldson has completed his investigation Should we say that's test Francis line. from the yeah, LA yeah Francis yeah and he's happy so we will issue with a permit in the next couple of weeks we'll do so the paperwork Then it's an approved kit there after. then it's an approved laa kit yep. which we can sell and uh we're hoping to be successful obviously and it's very reasonable it's a beautiful looking airplane there's no question about that it's kits very, from the us very pretty yeah built in sulfur springs 45 minutes from east of uh, dallas and uh, this is like toe in the water now if anyone buys a kit yep. we can assist them obviously because it's amateur build it's a 51 percent has to be done yeah but of course when it comes to this professional finishing um, a special paint which you get with the kit but we can apply it we've got all the facilities paint shop we're gonna be there okay so, you know right through so we can guide people right through from beginning to end rough sort of cost on the kit well, at the moment, well, they, uh, it's in obviously American dollars when it comes over, it's uh, 62750 seven fifty, which works out about, in sterling, about £45,000. Is that so shipped to the UK? And, yeah, and there's VAT, of course, unfortunately, oh dear. but right. because it comes in via us, there's no import tax, you know, we're obviously licensed to bring it in with a customs and excise, okay. so you know, it's a very reasonable price kit, if you compare it with everything else, you know and I mean, really you can build it in your garage if you look at the manual I don't know whether you browsed at that but it's a very self-explanatory easy to follow build system I mean if you imagine the fuselage comes as one the wings are already built so what you do you can put it in your lock up garage if you want build all the fuselage all the bits that go in it the cables the pulleys the brakes everything the seats everything and uh, once you've done that you cover it yep cover the wings and the fuselage get it ready for paint, paint it, and then you have to get it rigged, <coughs> excuse me, uh, which we can do, you know, rig it and everything, help people, and away you go. What sort of engine would you put in it? Well, it comes, if you want the engine as well, it works out a bit more expensive, the engine is $25,500, about £16,000 exchange rate at the moment, and it's an old 200 Continental, 100 horsepower, all brand spanking new, as yep. you can see. So, and it's three inches wider than the original Piper Cub in the cockpit, so it's very comfortable, very economical to fly, yeah. and uh, everything about it, it's, it's a real airplane, tail-tracker. Yeah, tandem seating. Yeah, tandem, yeah. absolutely, yeah, two tanks in the wings, Yeah. above you.
0: We can go any sort of cockpit
7: you like, glass. Yeah, you can, uh, options, there's several options, glass cockpit, basic, it, it comes with basic instruments, yeah. uh, you know, panel. But you can upgrade that excellent yeah fantastic and this is yeah. the first one we're looking at here it is the first one in europe it's got inertial seat belts by the way oh very nice yeah, fitted out switch yeah. three-way seat belts yeah yeah i mean it's the first one uh, obviously we've got a lot of interest it's the first day at this show and um we're hoping that we'll ship it around the country to every show we can and fly-ins and whatever and give demos if fly-ins we can give demos but not here today I'm okay. afraid. It's quite popular in the States, isn't it? I've heard oh, big time! Yeah, this is the 184th kit. Wow! Actually built, and um, yeah, in, in America, of course, it's different. You can buy a fully built. I mean, obviously, as we build them, we'll be building another demonstrator soon, and then when we do that, we'll obviously sell off our demonstrators as we go them. Okay. And uh, you know, the exchange rate plays a big part. And of course, unfortunately, 20% VAT at the moment. We've oh, yeah. all got to live with that. Stinger. A yeah. yeah, it is, really. But uh, it's such a pretty airplane. It is. And short takeoff and landing. Yep. You get into any strip, really would. And uh, it's what we call real flying. You know? Look nice, with some tyres on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big wheels and tyres.
0: A great day out at Simul there. Uh, it's not an air show as such, uh, more of a trade show. But if you're interested in GA flying, it's well worth going along to uh, catch up on the latest aircraft developments and to have a chat with the folks behind those developments. Well, that's it for another episode of Flying Podcast. Keep the emails coming with uh, ideas for new podcasts. I've had plenty of brilliant suggestions from around the world. Also, send me an email if you'd like to take part or uh, or just send your comments. So it was great to hear from you all. The email address, as I'm sure you'll know, is steve at flyingpodcast.co.uk. Have a look at some of the aviation products on Amazon via the links on the Flying Podcast website. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Facebook or Twitter. Thanks for listening. Speak to you again soon.